What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. Although, sad face, college football's almost over. This is Matt Miller, joined as always on your Friday mornings by my boy Mello. And yes, I am introducing the show in English tonight. Yeah, no Spanish or uh, Mandarin or anything like that. Is that was actually kind of different? Kind of yeah. got me off. So guard. that was exactly like oh, you, the old standby. You just never know what you're gonna get on a stick to football Friday. You really don't know. Here's what you're gonna get this week, though. It's a great segue. We have a kick-ass interview. O'Shane Zimenez. Yes, I ask him how to say that. Is gonna be on the show. I have so much fun talking to him about uh, playing Old Dominion, being an under the radar guy. And now his process to the NFL draft. We're going to go in deep on Army-Navy. Deeper than we've went on any game. It's the only game to preview. So we are going to pick everything that my dumb brain could think of. Yep. If you have, the, if there's a prop bet about this game, we're going to preview it and get it wrong. Uh, the important thing to note is that I am currently one game behind you on the pick'em. So do I, do I go against my gut this week and... I don't We'll see. You'll get there and find out. The top five this week, it's Heisman related because it's Heisman week. It's going to be the top five non-Heisman winners. I can't wait to put Kyler Murray's name on this list after Saturday night. I hope. Uh, our top five non-Heisman winners, you know Vince Young is going to get mentioned a lot in that one. I mean, just a lot. We could probably just go ahead and say whoever wins that coin toss is they're going to get him. I will because tails never fails. And then we'll close it out with you guys draft on draft questions, which Mello has uh, color coded. I think those are grays. Yep. That is the <laughs> color like you're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> Every other line in our rundown uh, is gray, which I, yeah, sure, I thought you color coded it. Like you read that one. I read like for who to read what one. I'm sure if you want to, Want yeah. to go that way? Uh, funny thing about that is I've been doing this every week for a very long time. Have you just now noticed? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I would say for the last month and a half, two months probably. Mm. I changed the font. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did not. <clears throat> well, there you go. See, we're maybe, not all. Maybe dumb. I went with a darker gray this I think time. You did. I, guess. I think I you did. Uh, so it is going to be a fun show. Before we get to the uh, O'Shane Simenez interview that I did a little bit earlier in the week. Uh, exciting stick to football news that we've uh, Connor actually like tried to make me say this a couple shows ago, but now I can officially announce stick to football live. We will be back at draft picks tap room in mobile, Alabama. Love this bar. They have a sweet setup. We're going to be there. So if you're coming to town for the senior bowl Monday night and Wednesday night, so that's January 21st and 23rd, we'll be doing the show live from draft picks. You can come out, meet us, ask your draft on draft question live We'll be taking, I mean, we'll hang out afterward. You can drink some beers with us, play some cornhole, talk about the Senior Bowl. I mean, we're there to hang out, to meet you guys. Please do not try to fight me about Baker Mayfield, though. That's my only request. It, it was a great bar last year. I remember last year, Connor and I having a drink at the bar, and this dude comes up, and he's like, hey, it's great that you guys are here. Uh, do you do you like this bar? And like, yeah, it's it's great. You know, we really enjoy it too. He's like, thanks. This is my bar. We're like, oh, okay. Thank you so much for like having us, letting us do it. And he's like, it's not like my bar, but you know, it's like my bar. It's like, oh, oh you're yeah. not the owner. Yeah, you're yeah. just a regular here. We but, have a bar okay. like that in Joplin. Like, where yeah. it's like oh, this is our bar. It kind of is. I though. mean, we're. <laughs> I would say like part owners. Yeah, partial. Partial. We I mean, they the hand profits. out our koozies in their bar. This is a true story. Last week at Club 609 and Joplin, we're just sitting having our post-show drink and look over, and there's just some old dude 
who was rocking a vest, by the way. He looked very good. And he's just got a stick to football koozie on his beard. We're like, we don't know that guy. Yeah, but in old Jomo, you can find a stick to football koozie in a beer, or sorry, on a beer, in a bar. The nicest bar. Nowhere town. else. Nowhere else. All right, let's get to that O'Shane Zimenez interview. Uh, and then we'll be back for Army Navy previews. We are really lucky to be joined today by one of my favorite players in the 2019 draft class. And I have no doubt been butchering your name all year long, though. So everyone knows I'm horrible at names. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself so that I can actually learn how to say it right. <laughs> all right. So it's O'Shane Zimenez. Um, Zimenez, the way I tell people to pronounce it is like reminisce. So instead of the R, just put a Z. Zeminus, Reminis, Zeminus. That's that's gonna help. You know what? I haven't been doing that bad, actually. So I, I think the first time I saw your name though, somebody had put like an apostrophe in it. So you looked like Irish, you know? It was yeah. like uh I've seen it that way, I've seen it a couple different ways, but uh everyone's gonna know your name soon enough for sure. Uh, as we get through this draft process. Uh very exciting time for you. You accepted an invite to the senior bowl. What did that process go look like? You know, did your coach just say, "Hey, you got invited. Here you go." Um, and and how big was that that decision to decide to go down to Mobile and, and show NFL scouts what you can do? Uh, the way I found out, I got a text uh, by head coach Coach Water. He texted me. Um, it was around about nine o'clock at night, and he said I received the invitation to the Senior Bowl, and that's how I found out about it. Um, I kind of wish I would have just got the letter and just opened up the mail and found out like that, but it is what it is. Um, I got to the facility the next day. I saw the packet. I opened it. I read everything. And I immediately I accepted the invitation just because uh, I would be the first player from Old Dominion to play in the game. And I just feel like it's, it's important for me to play, important for me to compete. And I'm excited and looking forward to it. Yeah, man. it's We're excited to see you in person. And I, I think one thing that, and I'm sure the Senior Bowl committee, they, they sell you on this, that you have an opportunity to go down and and show your talent against the best of the best, the best seniors in the country. We actually got a chance to see you against Virginia Tech, though, which is a, a very big school, prominent school, especially in that area. What was it like to be Old Dominion and beat Virginia Tech, uh, a game where you've probably played you know, some of those guys going back all the way to high school? So to beat them, how big was that for your program? Oh, man, it was big. I can't even begin to describe how big it was. Um when we at the time we was on three, um, things weren't looking so good, and you know what I'm saying, just to go down there and compete. At the time, I think they were like the number ten or eleven team in the nation when we was playing, so it was a pretty big deal. Um, most of our standing was in their colors, so you know what I'm saying, they're the big powerhouse of Virginia, so everybody wants to cheer for Virginia Tech and actually just stick there and give our fans the game that they wanted to see and actually beat them. It was awesome, man. After the game, the whole crowd was throwing the field. Man, it's something I'm never going to forget. Yeah, that's a great experience to like go out on, too, to have that happen in your senior year. One of the big questions that, that we got together as a group and wanted to ask you was there was quite a bit of talk that had you gone in last year's draft, in the 2018 draft, you probably would have been a second-round pick was kind of the feedback that we got. How hard was it for you to go back to school for another year and really bet on yourself to be a, maybe a first-rounder when there was that feedback that you could have been a second or even at worst a third round pick last year? Uh, I mean, after the season last year, um, you know, I sat down with my coach and we talked about it for a while. Um, I mean, it, I mean, it crossed my mind for a split second to leave and hit, uh, go to the lead. But uh, I mean, I just feel like I had to finish up what I started at ODU. 
I came there, I committed here back in 20, uh, was it 2013 or 2014? And, uh, and at the time I just wanted to win a championship with ODU. So, and I felt like we had, we had 22 seniors coming back. I was a, a captain as an underclassman and you know what I'm saying? Everybody was kind of shadowing towards me for that leadership role. And I feel like just to leave those guys and back out from my teammates would have just been wrong. And I didn't want to live with that on my conscience. So <laughs> it made my decision pretty easy. You know what I'm saying? Just because in the locker room here at ODU, we just had a great bond. And, you know, my teammates, they just mean a lot to me. So I just feel like I had to come back. Plus, I wouldn't have uh, graduated and my mom wasn't having that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the best is when mom's like, nope, you're going back to school. Uh, you promised me. Get your ass back to class. Yeah, that's that's always great, man. And for you, like, <laughs> yeah. I think one thing that people don't realize because you're from a smaller school is that you had production immediately. I mean, getting on the field as a redshirt uh, freshman, you had five sacks, and then you had seven and a half, then you had eight and a half, and now this year you have 11 and a half. So you've really seen your production increase every year, which is super important, uh, especially for a guy that's played for four years. How how do you stay ahead of that? How do you get better every year? What What challenges did you put on yourself to see your game improve? In my eyes, you know what I'm saying, you are your biggest competition. Um, you know what I'm saying? If you push yourself, no one can push you like you can push yourself. And, you know, every year I set out to do the best that I can. And in the offseason, all I think about is being what I did the year before. You know, I pride myself on getting better every single year. And in the, every offseason, I just take it very seriously. And I feel like just putting in that time and just, like, understanding your goals and what you want to accomplish every single day when you go work out, it just leads towards success. So that's my that's kind of been my philosophy these past four years. And um, the numbers, been they, they've been reflecting that. So that's what I plan on keep doing as my journey continues. Yeah, and I'm sure you've heard that this is supposed to be a really good class of, of pass rushers, whether they're defensive ends or, or stand-up outside linebackers. Uh, how many of those guys have you had a chance to watch, and how do you feel like you – are different than, you know, the Nick Boses or the Josh Allens. What makes your game unique? I watched quite a few of those guys. Um and and you're right, this class, it, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of guys coming out that's similar to me and probably will be a uh at the edge rush prospects. And I mean it's a bunch of athletes, a bunch of raw, raw talent guys, but I feel like um what probably sets me out is just I always have a plan and I understand the technical part of the game. And I and I understand the importance of technique uh, versus guys that probably uh, adopt that later on in their career when they realize athleticism can't get them past everything. So I I feel like I understand that early, and that's 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 something that sticks out in my game, and that's something I definitely plan on uh, intensifying as I go into my offseason workouts and just trying to just use that as my advantage going forward. Speaking of, we've talked a lot to different trainers and, you know, there's facilities now where guys can go get ready for the senior bowl in the combine. Do you know yet where you're going to be training, uh, who you're going to be working with to try to, to round out your game before the draft? Yeah, I'm um, going down to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I'm going to train at Exos down there. I'm actually leaving on December 9th to get started. There you go, getting an early start. I've actually toured that facility. Uh, it's going to be hot. I'm sure people have warned you. It's gonna be hot out there, even in even in the winter time. It, it stays warm out there, man. So uh, it's gonna, it, it's fun though. It's it's a beautiful facility, um, and, and they have great coaches out there. So uh, one of the last questions we have for you, buddy. You were, I think it's fair to say, you were under recruited, uh, and you ended up being one of the best pass rushers in the entire country. Uh, the statistics show it. The tape shows it, um, and I'm sure the accolades will uh, this off season. How do you go from being that guy who, you know, maybe was 
overlooked in high school to now being one of the best players in the country. And, and why was that? Like, were you undersized? Did you start playing late? Why did you uh, kind of get picked up late in the recruiting cycle? It was kind of my fault at the same time as also being, I also went to like a small high school and I feel like I just didn't get much exposure, but you know, so I could have, I could have went to more camps. I could have got my, I could have done more things to get my name out there more that I didn't do because I just didn't understand how it worked back then. I didn't understand that you had to go to all these camps and pay money and do all these different things to get your name out there, to give yourself a better opportunity to be recruited. And I feel like that falls back on me not getting out there. I mean, it's not my fault either because I didn't know. But, you know, so I just feel like a lot of these schools didn't, uh, just didn't didn't know about me. Or they, I mean, most of the, the Power 5 schools in North Carolina, which was, you know, USC, Wake Forest, NC State, they all came through, but they did. They just didn't offer me. They never pulled the trigger. Uh, I, I feel like, I mean, the most of the responses I used to get from those schools was just that you just don't fit in our system, or <laughs> we just don't see you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I got all the excuses in the world uh, for a school not to give a kid an offer, but um, or you came by, they love me, um, they offer me, and I came there and I made the most of it. Uh, I love it here. I'm glad I came here. Love everything about the school and just. Everything worked out. Yeah, it did. Uh, I'm sure you've probably heard this before. You know, Khalil Mack was also a two-star recruit. So uh, yeah, it doesn't exactly. really matter where you start, right? Yeah, it matters where you finish. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, we appreciate your time. Looking forward to meeting you in Mobile. Uh, we got uh, about two months to go. So I'm ready for it. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun at Exos getting ready for it. So uh, thanks, man, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, no problem, man. Thank you. Thanks again to our guy, Ocean Zimenez. A great interview. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in Mobile. I, I firmly believe I have him ranked in the first round. He's a top 32 player for me. Um, I think he he has a chance to be very special. And the, the key to a guy like that going to Mobile, proving it against bigger, better competition, you know, he's he's going to see the guys. He's probably going to be on the North roster. You know, he's going to see some very talented offensive tackles in that group. So, uh, it's going to be fun to see him down there. Have you got a chance to watch him very much this year? No, I haven't got a chance. I watched the Virginia Tech game, and that was kind of like his standout game for me where I really got to see him. Uh, he reminds me a lot of like Davenport last year, and maybe not even as a player, but just that rise to the top. Uh, and it, really, I think he did it even faster than what Davenport did. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's coming on strong here. Uh, Army-Navy. This is a huge game, and I actually wrote my scouting notebook that comes out Friday morning. Like, there are going to be people, and it's going to, it'll piss me off because I'm going to see it on Twitter, and they're going to be like, this game sucks. There's no offense. And I will, oh my, oh, it makes me mad. It makes I, me so mad. I think it's one of the most exciting games of the year. Uh, maybe not like exciting to watch. Like, it's not going to be Chiefs, Rams, uh, Oklahoma, West Virginia. It's a different brand of football. Yeah. It's like the best high it's school like football. It's like Alabama, you've ever LSU. Won. Back in the day when it was like six to three. Right. Like this is 1940s. Except for they're good at the offense that they run. Very good. Very efficient. Like so efficient. Yeah. And if you can't appreciate the wing tee and what it actually means to football now, like I've, I've said before on Twitter, someone was talking about this. I think it was Chris Brown, uh, who's at Smart Football, really good follow, just talking about how important the wing tee is. And I was like, you know, what's funny is when I was a player, I hated like the triple option and I hated all these throwback offenses and then I had to coach them actually like I when I started coaching it was wing T and, and wishbone and now like I love them I have such an appreciation for it so watch this game not only like I'm gonna be corny for a second not only is it like great triple option football but like these guys like they could be in war next year 
Yes, they are sacrificing more than just, oh, hey, I get a scholarship to play football. No, That's not even like the reason they're there. No, like they could be in Afghanistan, but when the draft happens... Like, it's a different kind of draft that they're worried about. Like, right, right. I mean, and and no, this game does not feature prospects. You know, usually there's one a year where we're like, oh, guys, he, he could probably play. But, God, like, what what these dudes are doing, you know, to be 21, 22 years old, playing the last game of their college career, these seniors, and then they're off to the service academies for, I think they have to do a four-year. I think that's right. That's what I was trying to look up, too. I do think, I mean, they have to do a couple of years. I know yeah. that they've ran into that problem before with guys trying to go into the NFL draft is that they are committed to do some service just like anybody else in yeah. the Army. Like, you don't get out of it just because you went to college there. Yeah. You still have to do put in your time. So the game, uh, we we have some things. Normally, you know, you guys, you listen to this segment. And we, okay, we Mello picks a game. I pick a game. Uh, we go back and forth. We break the game down. This week, we're just going to go super, super in-depth Picking this one game, and I love the the different options that you have for us to pick from here, Mel. I guess you would call them categories. So, like Matt said, we have one game this week. That's it. That's all we have. So, we are going to be picking from different uh, categories. First thing we are going to pick is going to be their on-field uniforms, what they are wearing for the game. Next, we're going off-field uniforms, uh, what these guys wear in combat, what they wear in the courtroom. Oh, you never know. Man. Next, we're it's going so torn. Seals versus Rangers. I don't know if you can really lose there, but we will pick one. Not a Marine. You're winning. Next I'm category. Jo- wait, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't need some you Marine. You don't want to piss off a <laughs> no, Marine. I'm teasing. Just teasing. I no. could have never cut it. They would have kicked my little ass out immediately. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a joke. Next category. Tanks and Jeeps versus aircraft carrier. I guess we could get into like... What's cooler, obviously, uh, they're not going to be like fighting against each other. Right, because the aircraft carrier would win. Yeah. Definitely. And then we will actually get to back to the football game. We're going to go over under on rushing yards. I set it at 600 because both teams average right around 300 yards per game. Over under on passing yards, I set it at 150. Both teams are right around 75 passing yards a game. <laughs> not attempts. <laughs> right. Those are yards. And then next we will figure out the score. We will predict the score and then also predict a winner for the game. Yeah, so this is the 119th meeting of these two games. And I would love to be the person who broke down the uniforms for you, but I can't because I'm so damn colorblind. I know the Navy one, look, and maybe we should preface this. Our dad was in the Army. Uh, He fought in Vietnam. We are both incredibly biased. Here's the fun fact, though. I actually tried joining the Navy in high school, and then I got my girlfriend pregnant, so I couldn't, because back at the time, they didn't have housing for single dads, and they're like, so, so we don't know, we, you can't join, like, we don't know what <laughs> right. to do with you, so, like, it is, there is a little bit of a, a controversy there, or a conflict, but I'm, like, so pro-Army when it comes to this now, even though I tried to join the Navy. And I'm with you, too, and it does go back to our dad. I think most people do pick a side. You either, for whatever reason, it's like most of the great rivalries, you're going to say, oh, I'm either a, you know, go Army guy or I'm a beat Navy guy, whatever it is. So I am also an Army guy. But let's talk about their on-field uniforms. What is, Navy has a bull? Is that what, or a goat? It's, it's a, a goat. goat. Oh, that goat is tough. 
Oh is that god. a goat, Sam? Oh my god! I thought there was an actual goat here. I'm looking at this picture <laughs> and in my ear. Oh my god! That was me. That was, I, that was not a sound effect added in post production. Oh my god! That was a goat. That was good. So they are very clean. Under Armour did these uniforms. They're wearing all whites uh, with a navy blue numbers, I believe. Navy blue helmet with a gold stripe, white stripe. Uh, I do like this goat. He looks tough. <laughs> He's pissed off. He got some big horns. I do like the the gloves fit together perfectly. Also, to yeah, make the that's logo. a good look. Always. They do look good. Navies look good. Armies, though, oh my god, it's they just every time they do this. They the, went last year. They went with the like all white. Yes, and in so, a snow game. Yeah, <laughs> it's very <laughs> difficult to see them, but man, it works for you, especially if you're going to run this offense, right? Uh, but their uniforms this year, they're the big red one in honor of. The first division that yes. helped end World War One. So yeah, hey, so they got that going for it's them. It's the hundred year anniversary of that, and so. it just it looks super clean. It goes with their all blacks. It is like a it mixes it's in like their a gold. textured mat almost. Yeah, and then it has. I hope all the helmets have the one on the helmet. I would assume, and it's not the actual player number, right? But it just looks good, and I don't think you can bet against this one. They have the dragon on the sleeve too, like on the. Uh uh-huh. like above the number. Oh my god. It's it's it looks good. It yeah. looks really good. So so for me, and I think maybe it sounds like for you as well, uh, we're both going with Army as the best uniform on the field. Like just what they have. It's one of my favorite uniforms in all of football. I know we did that top five quite a while ago, and I'll stick with it. Like this game and the alternate uniforms that they wear. Even if you just look past like the super deep meaning that they have for each team, they're just a clean looking uniform. So I I am going with Army. Uh, I'm going with Army as well. With this caveat, I like Navy's helmets better. But the uh, whole I like, agree with the you. whole uniform put together just looks better from Army. Yeah, the Navy helmet I do like better with the Navy and the gold face mask. I do really like that one, and their logo is super cool too. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually going to tweet out a video talking about the uniforms if anybody wants to check that out. So Nike did armies, Under Armour did Navy. So there's even like a rivalry aspect to who makes the uniforms for these guys. So best on field, we both pick army. Now best, I guess you call it off field, best in deployment uniform. I, I don't, best combat uniform. Yeah, I'm, and we'll just leave it general because we can talk about everything. Uh, you, you know, army fatigue is the camo. Yeah. Um, but one thing I will give to Navy on like their off field, I guess you would say uniform is the peacoat. The peacoats that they wear like sparked a whole fashion and like people wear the peacoat now. And it's really it's a Navy thing. So they do have that going for them. But the Navy fatigues or sorry, they're just they're they're not that great. But the Army, that camouflage that they rock all the time, it's just I don't think you can beat that. Even if you do look at the like the gray pea coat, it's a clean look. It it almost looks like Star Wars, but these are our servicemen. I'm still gonna go with Army again, kind of a Homer pick, just because the the fatigues that they wear in the camo going into battle. Like, how do you camouflage yourself for the Navy? Like, do, do you wear blue? I don't know what you do. So I'm going with Army there, practical use and just like a fashion statement. Not so fast, Mello. You're right about the peacoat. That's what makes it cool. And I know some people are going to shit on the all-whites. All-whites look clean. That's the Stormtrooper look. I'm going navy here. And I actually like their fatigues better. 
probably because I'm so damn colorblind, I can't really see armies. <laughs> you don't but even know what's going Navy's on. Navy's fatigues are just darker. Like, I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. a, it's like it's a, like a dark... blue-gray camo instead. Yeah. Congratulations. So, <laughs> yes, thank you. So I actually think they're like working uniforms, what they call them, are better looking for Navy. So It's like they're dressed blues, but they're... Their ceremonial uniform it would that, be like the white hat. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So it's Tom Cruise and a few good men. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or, that's, that's pretty damn good luck. Also, uh, no, that was the Air Force because it's uh, they were flying airplanes. That's how that works. Top Gun? Is that where you're yeah. going? <laughs> but yeah, like I think the service uniforms for the Navy are cool too. I mean, they're khaki, but I think they're cool. Yeah, I think Navy has the better off-field uniforms as it were. All right. So that's one thing that we disagree on so far, but that's all right. Next one, I again, you can't lose this. We're picking a winner. We're not picking a loser here. I'm very thankful for the service that both of these branches provide us. So which one is cooler? Navy SEALs, Army Rangers. I mean, who killed bin Laden? That's where I was going to go to. <laughs> I don't, we didn't send the upset. Army. We could have. They would have done a great job, but we sent the SEALs. Steel Team Six, exactly, and that's all you have to say. Steel, Steel Team, Team Six. Six, like they are rocking, like so not social media, but just like uh, losing my train of thought here. Yeah, no, they're they're amazing. Like they're, they're the, the more popular. They like, are pop culture. Yeah, everyone's talking about Steel Team Six right now. You have Call of Duty, hot like in the streets, as you would they're say, they're hot in the streets. Yeah, and I'm with it too. Like I remember uh, the night that Steel Team Six did their thing. Like that felt like a Super Bowl victory. When The Rock broke the that news on Twitter. Whole fucking country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you have to go with the SEALs. Um, our older brother, Marcus, is like a big workout guy. And there was one time he was like, I want, like, he wanted me to do, like, the Army PT test with him or whatever. I, this was back when I worked out. So I could actually do it. Like, I could, it was like you had to run so much. And then we looked at the Navy SEAL one, and it was like, no. <laughs> no, you had to be able to swim 500 yards yeah. in eight minutes. I, five no, football I mean, fields. I, I couldn't swim. Swimming five football fields yards. in minutes. You had to do 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups, 10 pull-ups, and then run a mile and a half. I mean, the advertisements that they put on TV, and you have the guy that's like all blacked out, and then you see his head oh, yeah. pop up out of the water. That one like yeah. gets me. Might have been a Marine thing, but I think it was Navy, and I'm sure that it was just it's the Navy SEALs. That they're badass. It, yeah. I'm everyone should be terrified. Now I do think the Army Rangers, like back in the day, like cavalry days, like you know, when we were just still land and stuff, <laughs> like I mean, they were it was a bigger deal then, but like I mean the SEALs are the shit now. Yeah. No so, disrespect. I don't want any of them messing with again, me. Again, not picking a loser. Not, just picking a winner. Just picking a winner here. Uh next one, tanks and jeeps versus an aircraft carrier. I'm going to go in and say, I know an aircraft carrier will, like, kick everything's ass. They land jets on them. Right. They're amazing. It's a moving base. A tank is great. It's probably one of our most dangerous, like, weapons that we have. I'm going to spark your interest here and say, a Jeep inspired a whole line of vehicle that, like, people drive I'm a Jeep driver. And a lot of people are. Not very many people have an aircraft carrier that they, they don't. can, they can uh, use. I, so, am, as everyone knows, huge, huge history nerd. My favorite topic is World War II. So I think when you look at both sides of that, like the Panzer tanks uh, and then what, what we had, like all the light tanks, uh, the, just how important they were to that war. 
I actually have to go with tanks and jeeps also because I do drive a jeep and I cannot drive an aircraft carrier They wouldn't let me or I would try to but um, Yeah, the Hellcat tank like that's it's called the Hellcat. You don't like before Dodge ripped it off and made it like a Challenger engine Like yeah, this was yeah. a cool fucking tank so I'm I could be swayed on that one though. The okay. technology on an aircraft Let carrier. Let me try to sway you too because I am going to go aircraft carrier. There was a time in our history where like we were land warriors. We would send tanks to places. We would send jeeps to places. Now all we have to do, we are going to sail an aircraft carrier in your area. And it scares the shit out of every other fucking yeah. country. They're yeah. like, what the fuck is that thing? Yeah. No, I'm good. It's the. Have fucking... you ever seen one in like in yeah. real life? I don't know, like, if it was, like, a big one, but yes. What's crazy is I've seen one, like, not out in the open water, but in water. Uh-huh. You can't see them. Like, they oh, blend yeah. in because they're yeah. just gray, and you're like, that's eh, gray on blue. That would stand out. No, they Definitely don't. Definitely not. They're terrifying. And I think color thing here, you have an advantage when it comes to seeing, like, shades. I do, yeah. They stand out to you. Like, you pointed out a McDonald's sign. From like a hundred yards away that no one else could see because it was blended into a fucking tree. <laughs> Not for this guy. No. So yeah, but you're right. But I am gonna go with aircraft carrier. Just the intimidation oh, that yeah. it represents on yeah. everything else. Like that's your final warning sign. Like quit messing around. US yeah. is here. <laughs> All we have to do is push a button from that thing. Like yeah. a tank can't hold a nuke. Yeah. But tanks are cooler though. I if anyone owns an aircraft carrier that we could tour. Like any like, are there any representatives or senators that listen to this thing? You could let us on one. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Do the show live. Oh my god! For the troops. For, let's oh, tailgate tour next year for the troops. for the troops. Let's go to a base next year on the tailgate tour. There we go. Not Leonard Wood. That's too close. I've been there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to go like Fort Meade or somewhere cool. You yeah, know, like awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Damn, All right, right let's that, get write that to, down, somebody. Let's get to the game here now. Uh, obviously, both teams, and I, I meant to mention this. You call it the wing T. Yeah. I call it the flex bone. Oh. Why is that different? We went to the same high school. It's the same offense. I know, but I call it the flex bone. I call always. it the wing T. Wing T is what it was called in the 20s, so that's probably why. I don't know, man. I think they tried to transition. Like, if you ran a base wishbone and you flexed your backs, it would be a flex okay, bone. Okay, so that's probably where it comes from yeah. for me. All right. <laughs> Anyway, fun fact. Let's get back to the actual football game. Uh, the over under on rushing yards. I set this one because I couldn't find it online, so I set it at six hundred yards combined. Combined, both teams <laughs> average per. <laughs> well, I don't know. Both teams average around three hundred yards um, a game, two eighty nine and three hundred three. So I set it at six hundred yards. Now, what's your take here, Matt? Over under 600 yards for both teams in this game. I'm going over. Uh, I, I Way over. I, I think the last year we saw these teams get slowed down by weather a little bit. I think this year uh, it's going to be a cleaner game, and I expect a lot more running at big plays. I, I think that's one thing that we're Army in the last couple of years has really become a, a juggernaut at their level is because of they're able to rip off the chunk plays in the run game. So I, I think they're going to – I do think that we'll see over 600 yards. Okay, and I'm going to disagree with you, actually, because I think this both offenses are so control-the-clock oriented that we're not going to see that many yards. Well, and I was about to refute my own point. They have – like, they know each other's offense so well. This isn't like Army playing Oklahoma – and right. like Oklahoma doesn't know what to do. Like Navy knows. Yeah, and we've talked about this. that before. Like teams have a very hard time preparing 
for this kind of offense. Well, unless you run this offense right. yourself in practice every day, uh, you can prepare for it. You know how to stop it. So I am going to go with the under 600 yards rushing in this game. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I love Army's quarterback, though. Uh, Hopkins Jr., Kelly Hopkins Jr., that's his yeah. name. Uh, I He's going to have a big game. Guaranteed he's going to have a big game. Uh, okay, so over-under. I'm going over. You're going under, right? So we're split on that. Now, the passing yards. <laughs> this is where it gets funny. You have set the over-under for total passing yards at 150 yes. yards because Army currently averages 72 per game. Navy is averaging 81 yards per game. And here's the deal. Most of those are on like a big play. Like they're not uh-huh. throwing the ball a, a a ton each game. Like for reference, um actually against Duke Army threw the ball 21 times and people were like, "What the hell mm-hmm. are you doing?" They've barely thrown it that many times since. Like they threw the ball 6 times last week. They played Air Force, they threw the ball 5 times. When, right. Against Oklahoma they threw it 9. So you're getting uh, small uh, amounts of attempts, but a lot of big plays. Like uh, in the against Hawaii, they threw it ten times for 162 yards. So you are getting those those really big plays. And the funny thing about it too is, like some of these passing attempts are not passing attempts at all. Yeah, it's a forward like option shovel that they just have to count as a forward pass. It's like where you the pop pass thing. Yeah. Like, or like you're still behind the line of scrimmage, your running backs not in pitch relationship. He's one yard ahead of you. That goes down as in the stat book as a completed pass. So I think um you might see a lot of that. I think it'll happen probably twice at least in this game where it's actually a running play, but it gets chalked up to a passing play. But going back to the control the clock style offense here, I don't know that either team is going to throw the ball more than 10 times. I think both teams will keep it under 10 times and they're going to want to outdo the other team with this style of offense. It's like it happens every time these two play each other. They just want to see who can run this triple option the best. And I think that Army will do it. And I'm going to go with the under as well I on too. passing yards. I just I don't think that they're going to want to going to want to. I haven't checked the weather, and we know that the last time we tried to check the it's weather, clear it changed. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, so don't bet on who the weather. Knows yeah. What's going to not as on of, a Thursday night? As of now, it says that it should be 37 and zero chance of precipitation. I am going to go under with you as well, though. I, I think you're right. Two ball control offenses. They're not going to have a lot of opportunities to even throw the ball. Like uh, Army ran the ball something like 70 times against Oklahoma or something. We're not going to see anything like that in this game uh, where each team is going to try to just chew up the clock so much. Um, you know, we're not going to see turnovers. No. I mean, maybe fumbles. Maybe. maybe. But still, both these teams are so disciplined, as they should be, um, that it just it probably won't happen. All right, score prediction time. Uh, and this one, I, I looked earlier. Army is a seven-point favorite, I think. Is that right? I, yeah. I, I said I looked earlier, and then I told you I didn't even know uh, what the over... The over-under was set at 40, though. So this is not going to be a high-scoring game, or at least they don't expect it to be. Although I feel like Vegas has been way under on a lot of the over-unders this year, uh, except for that uh, one I bet on. <laughs> LSU, A&M? I didn't take the over on that because I'm an idiot. I went straight up and, and lost money. So uh, good job, me. So over-under is set at 40. Army is a seven-point favorite. Score prediction, I'm actually going to take the over. I think it ends up being 28 to 20, but I can't tell you who yet. 
right? Okay. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, I'm also going to take the over here, and I don't think it's a close game. Oh. I am going with score prediction over, and I'm going to say 35 to 7. What? <laughs> I think, let's just, I'll get into it. I'm picking Army. The Navy defense has given up a lot of points to some not good teams. Uh, they gave up 29 to Tulsa, 42 to Cincinnati, who is a pretty good team, 29 to Tulane. This just is a team that gives up a lot of points, even though they control the clock. Army has quietly put up some pretty damn good numbers this year. I mean, I know it's Fordham, but they scored 64 points against Fordham. 21 against Oklahoma. Yeah, maybe their defense is not that great. 37 against Eastern Michigan. So I think that they can put up some points, and I'm going to say 35-7 to seven Army wins. Wow. So I'm looking at it. Army is 9-2 and two on the year. They've had a very good year. Navy three and nine. And we've told you before on the show, sometimes with rivalries, you got to throw that out, right? Maybe it doesn't matter. And Navy's played a much tougher schedule. Navy had to play Hawaii. They had to play Memphis. Like you said, they had to play Air Force, Notre Dame, yeah. Cincinnati, UCF. It's a hard schedule. And yeah, you talk about the schedule too. Navy is actually in a conference now. They are a part of the American conference army for whatever reason. And it really it kind of pisses me off. They didn't get invited to the fucking American conference. Are you well, kidding me right now? They're the army. How can you not have them? But you bring in Navy. That should have been a package deal. Uh, so I think that they're also pissed off that they're still independent. Well, it doesn't matter because army is going to beat Navy. They can be independent all they want. They don't need a conference. Only two losses on the year to Duke, to Oklahoma. Pretty they, damn good teams. Very good teams. And they took Oklahoma to overtime. Okay, they are going to I probably picked this one too close, but I feel like the rivalry aspect of it does make it a closer game. But the cadets are going to roll. Army's going to win. Really, you talk about their schedule too. look at that Oklahoma game. No one can stop Oklahoma. Army Army held them to 28 points in overtime. That's why I think Navy struggles with them this weekend. It is top five time. I'm very excited about this week's top five. It's Heisman week, which uh, we finally have some excitement this year around the Heisman trophy. It feels like a couple years of just knowing who was going to win. It's like, oh, we'll go out and hopefully they'll have ESPN on and we can watch and see who wins. Yeah. Like really, I don't think I've watched it since probably Jameis Winston. Yeah. I don't know. It's been, it's been a long time. It might even go further back like 2011 when it was. RG3 winning the thing. And even then, you really, you just, you knew. You had a pulse of who was going to win it before. I think this is going to be one of the closest Heisman races we've had in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, 2015, it was Derrick Henry, uh, which I was not crazy about. I thought, we'll get into that. I thought some other people should have won that one. Uh, last week, you flipped the coin. I got to go first. This week, boo bam, I got to flip the coin. You called heads. Right? And he caught it. And it is tails That's again. Bullshit. Tails never. Fa- I don't know why anyone would call anything but tails every time. I really don't understand how on some things we can be so different. Uh, I don't know. Like, like that. heads versus tails type deal. Growing up, I was a Cowboys fan. You were a Niners fan. Mm-hmm. Like yep. there were just certain. I feel like things you like that. often just do things to piss me off. Yeah, like there for a little bit, you were a Michigan fan. So I was like, fuck it, I'll go for Ohio State. That did happen. Huh. I don't know. There's just a couple things like that. It's weird that we're friends. Yeah. Now that Dan's dead, it's like we're noticing so many You bought an Xbox, and I'm like a PlayStation guy. Yeah, I did. 
Like, I wouldn't ever buy an Xbox. And I'm so good at Red Dead Redemption 2, by the way. <laughs> I, that's all I talked to Melo about tonight before we started recording And this. I still haven't played it. Like, I got to get on. Maybe we just do, like, a, a sub-podcast <laughs> yeah. and the yeah. three of us talk about Red Dead. I think that's a great idea. So, top five players to never win a Heisman Trophy, uh, because I get to pick first, I'm going to take Vince Young, who I think we should get a change.org petition going and give this man retroactively the fucking Heisman that was stolen from him by Reggie Bush's mom having a free house. I mean, it's it's stupid. It really is. Um, How is this not a thing where, like, if the guy who won it gets it stolen, you, we you, don't have a 2005 Heisman Trophy winner. You can they go to their website. Vacated goes, it. He goes, oh, Sam Bradford 08, Tebow 07, Troy Smith 06, boom, Matt Leinart 04. It's like the whole fucking year never happened. Yeah, it's it's very ridiculous. And there would have been a clear winner again if you waited until after the national you, fucking championship. God, game. Thank you. The most significant game of the entire season in football. And they make people vote for the Heisman a month before. Right. And we're How? Getting, How? I mean, 10 years ago, we we're getting matchups of guys that are playing each other. Right. In the Heisman race. Put this thing off a month. Let's see what happens and if Tua goes off or if Kyler Murray goes off. We yeah. still have two more football games for them to play. Wait. You know what they could do? do it it would be cool. Like, have a show and, like, narrow the pool. Like, yeah, you know, like, okay, we're going to narrow it from eight to these three or to these two. And then let's see what happens. Like, you can still you. make your money, guys. It's cool. There's nothing going on. Army-Navy game and then pff, nothing. And honestly, I think that people would tune in if you if you saw a player play in the national championship game and then you have the award yeah, ceremony, you're connected. Like you're more bought in because you're going to get new viewers that just watch the national championship game. Another idea. Let the viewers vote on the narrowing down, like live vote. Like you could tweet or like text. Like American Idol. Yes. Yeah. And it just narrows the pool down. That's a god. People write my ideas down this week. We want to do the tailgate tour from <laughs> an aircraft troops. carrier for the troops, and we want an American Idol Heisman voting process. Yeah, just Maybe I have a vote that vote. way. Yeah, a vote. I think there is a fan vote now that you have to, like, sell your soul to Nissan or whatever to whoever. I think it's Yeah, Nissan. I think it's Nissan Heisman House. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's get back to uh, what we're talking about here. You took Vince Young. No, uh, I think that was a no-brainer as soon as we told everybody – what we were doing, that he would be number one. I said on the Wednesday show, uh, he's going to exactly. be number one. Exactly. So, yeah, duh. He goes number one. So, I'm at number two pick overall here. I'm going to go with Randy Moss. Because I think if it's not for Charles Woodson, Randy Moss was absolutely amazing. One of the best college athletes I've ever seen. He just happened to be up the same year that the best college athlete I've ever seen, Charles Woodson, won the award. Very deserving uh, I just think that in any other year, Randy Moss wins that award for what he was and doing at Marshall. What's weird is he finished fourth that year, and so much of it was because he was at Marshall, and there was a stigma about the fact that he'd been kicked out of college and, and had to go play at Marshall. Like right. I remember all that year, that was all anyone talked about. It wasn't how great he was or the ridiculous highlights. It was about, oh, he got in trouble. Yeah, so, it's, it came down to like character things, and I don't even remember what it was that he got in trouble for. I think I'm combining his story with like Allen Iverson. I don't remember. He wasn't the bowling alley. That was Allen Iverson, definitely, who got in a fight at the bowling alley. But he did get kicked out of Florida State, and that's what a lot of people talked about. But watching him hurdle people. How hard it is to get kicked out of Florida State, though. 
in God. the nineties. Yeah, with Bowden there, right? I mean, there's no telling what he did. They called it Free Shoes University <laughs> for a reason, not because they were getting free shoes, because they were stealing them. This is documented. I'm not making this up. You guys can Google it. That is a great pick. I love Randy Moss. Number two for me. I can't believe that you didn't pick this guy. Um, I, I'm a little worried about you. Tommy Frazier. Fuck, he was not next on my list. Yeah, how like, did I didn't Tommy think you Frazier, would pick him. I love Tommy Frazier. How did this dude not win a Heisman? No, he was not a great passer. But the 1995 season, he was the most impressive player in college football that year. Yeah, totally with For you. For a dominant, dominant Nebraska team, Tommy Frazier should have won the Heisman Trophy in 1995. And honestly, there were a couple years there where you could say, Tommy Frazier, mm-hmm. probably in 94 and 95. In 94, Rashawn Salam won it. Very good player. A junior running back at Colorado. He went off that year. I think he was one of, back then, you know, it was rare for a guy to go over 2,000 yards. So he went over 2,000 yards. And, uh, and like Lawrence Phillips probably stole some of the votes from Tommy Frazier. Um, but man, like Tommy Frazier was a baller in 95. And I know Eddie George is the man. I loved Eddie George and those huge fucking shoulder pads. But Tommy Frazier should have won it. And he almost did. It was close. Yeah. And I agree with you. This is like the first Heisman ceremony I remember as a kid was in 1995. I loved Nebraska, which was another team that like I probably just picked to like because you didn't like them. I loved watching him play. And he's one of the reasons why I fell in love with football. If I remember right. You liked Nebraska because of a girl. No, I liked Nebraska, and then I went to school with a girl okay. who also liked That's Nebraska. What I was at. No. It's like the weight of my heart is college football. Yeah, it really is. Like if you're a girl and you like college football, it's it for me. Yeah. Marriage. So, yeah, but. Save me $10,000. <laughs> you wish. Get, I'm those, gonna, get those DMs, lady college football fans. To cash that check. Tommy Frazier, though, he would have been my very next He's pick. one of my favorite college players of all time that wasn't on like a team that I root for. Just I, I mean, that was back. You know, we were playing backyard football on the daily back then, and you guys would never let me play quarterback because mm-hmm. quarterbacks couldn't run, and that was the only thing I was good at. But there were so many times I like I would watch him play, and just the way he like moved his hips and how graceful he was. Like he wasn't a hard cutter. You know, you didn't get that whole foot in the dirt, and he drops his shoulders and changes direction. Like he bounced to change, to change direction and. I just remember trying to like do that in the backyard playing football. Like, how the hell yeah. does he do it? Bobbing that ball up right. and down, ready yeah. to pitch bum, bum, bum. it. Oh my god, yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a great pick. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna my... be on YouTube at three in the morning, oh, dude, watching and Tommy Frazier highlights. I love watching old Nebraska football highlights. Actually, like Eric Crouch watching him play. Oh, yeah, I didn't was like great. him as like a human yes. being, but and I love watching Scott Frost. And I will. I should probably correct myself. I said yes before I thought you were going to say human being. Well, <laughs> I, don't, great? I don't have anything against no, him. As I a, met him once and just, he okay. just, I didn't, we didn't go along. I like when he was there, he's one of those players that I didn't like while he was playing, but I've learned to appreciate. His run against Mizzou is yeah, one of like the most iconic yards. plays I've ever seen. Yeah. And that is one you, I can remember like playing backyard football again. Cause that was the only thing I was ever good at and getting like the kickoffs in backyard football and like, Pretend, you know, you're like nine years old. You're pretending you're Eric Crouch out there running forever against Mizzou. And that football field we played on was like 200 yards when we were kids. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably really was. All right. I'm up again. You're stealing my guys here. Uh, so, I am going to go with uh, one of the most electrifying college players that we've ever seen. When Michael Vick came onto the scene, 
we've never seen a quarterback run like that before. Not at any level. And he paved the way for so many other young quarterbacks who played like him. He didn't win a Heisman Trophy. I know he was only at Virginia Tech for two years, but he got beat out by Joe Hamilton. That's why I was like, who, quarterback at Georgia Tech. Who won the Heisman that year? Ron Dane, Ron Dane. won the Heisman. And it, that's just one of those, this guy is the all-time leading rusher. Right. We're just going to go ahead and give it to him because he broke Ricky Williams' record. Like, congratulations, you carried the ball 400 yeah. times a year. You know what I think hurt Vic was back in that time, there was a there was a bias against freshmen. Like, people mm-hmm. would not vote for they freshmen. absolutely would not. Ever. Just never happened. And Vic was a redshirt freshman uh, who was, you're right, he was amazing. Some of the other candidates that year were so much better than Ron Dane, by the way. I mean, Drew Brees. Chad Pennington, Peter Warwick. Oh, my God. Peter yeah. Warwick was special. Sean Alexander fucking returning kicks at 230 pounds for Alabama. Like, there are some very good players. What I love about old school Heisman voting is you'll look at, like, the, you know, like, who won. And every now and then, like, back then in the 90s, you'll see a lineman or something. Like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, like, what, Zach Wiegert from Nebraska got Heisman uh-huh. votes one year? Hugh like, Green, 1980, yeah. defensive lineman from Pittsburgh, right. finished second. Yeah, like that stuff never happens anymore, uh-huh. and it's it's unfortunate, but that's a very good pick. Uh, next, this one blows my mind that this dude never won a Heisman, and I'm not even really a big fan of his. I just I want to preface it with that. But Peyton Manning never won a Heisman trophy. Danny w- was Warfel, there for four years. Danny Warfel took it home in 96. Uh, Peyton Manning finished eighth. Again, here's one of the things. Troy Davis from Iowa State that year uh, went over 2,000 yards rushing. So he finished second in the voting. Jake From Iowa State. Yeah. yeah, I actually, uh, one year I had missed so much school that they were going to take my credits. And the PE teacher was like, if you can name me the the two players that rushed for 2,000 yards this year, I will give you an A. And I nailed it. And I was like, you do not want to bet me about college football, (laughs) Coach Shelby, because I know I'm only a sophomore. Uh You don't know this, but I know my college football. So. Before you get into that, when I was in eighth grade, we had to make a regions map and we could make it whatever we wanted. I chose, of course, college football. And so each region of my country was the different conferences. And I put, I don't even remember the team, but I had them in a conference and the teacher comes like, that's incorrect. They don't belong in the ACC, we'll say. It's like, um, yeah, they do. They are in the ACC. And he, we like got in an argument in class. It's like, I will bring you a magazine because we didn't have the internet right. in our tiny ass little town. Proved him right. Like the team, whoever it was, was in the ACC. I made him apologize to me in front of the whole class. <laughs> Don't well, tell go. me I'm wrong about college football. Yeah. I know I'm in like seventh grade or whatever, <laughs> but I will. I know fight my you. shit, man. Uh, so Peyton Manning. In 1997, finished second to Charles Woodson. I'm on board with that one. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But the fact that he never won a Heisman, I think it's one of the more surprising things because you think of Peyton Manning, you know, number one pick in the draft, this great college football player, never won a national championship, never won a Heisman. And he was there for four years, so it's pretty amazing. Uh, and it's kind of sad he leaves, and then T. Martin leads him to a national championship. But again, that 94, 95, 96. That's some damn good college football. I, yeah, so much better than it is now, at least in my opinion. So I'm just taking all the quarterbacks on this list, apparently. Uh, yeah, and you wonder why there's never any running backs on the list. <laughs> We're sitting here so drafting weird. all quarterbacks. I, I didn't take a receiver, but I am going to stick with run, uh, quarterback here. I'm going with, and I'm not even pandering to Antha Oreo or uh, Dan Barnes. I know where you're going. 
Andrew Luck. You talk about Peyton Manning as another guy. We all awed and ooed over Andrew Luck the minute he took a snap at Stanford. He led them to some great victories, turned that whole team around. Uh, Toby Gearhart finished second in 2009. Which is amazing. But then 2010 and 2011, Andrew Luck finished second in both of those. And yes, Cam Newton finished first, won the Heisman. RG3 finished first, won the Heisman. But the fact that Andrew Luck was there for three years and was the perfect prospect for everyone and never won a Heisman Trophy, is it's actually pretty ridiculous. Except for dead Dan. He wrote one article, <laughs> Bleach Report, and it was about how Andrew Luck was overrated because he didn't play anyone in college. It's like, oh. Yeah, overrated. That's a tough sell. Those fucking Pac-12 that's, defenses, right, they don't know how to raise any corners out there. It's a tough sell. I, you know how much I love Andrew Luck. Uh, he was next on my list to pick, so I'm glad he's getting some some mention here. I'm going to get controversial for a moment. I know that surprises everyone who listens to this show weekly. Donald Trump did not play college football, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Leave it alone. He is going to the Army-Navy game, though. Uh, number four is Deshaun Watson. And here's the deal. He should have won twice. Yeah, He, he should have won over Derrick Henry. Again, what did Der- Derrick Henry play at Alabama? And he just got a lot so of he carries. Did. And he's huge. Congratulations. Like, there's a photo of him standing next to a normal-sized running back, and he's huge. Cool. But he just, yeah, he got like 40 carries down the stretch. This is another instance where voters, listen, just vote after the game. If they'd waited, mm. Watson would have won it in 2015. And guess what? He should have won it in 2016 again. I know Lamar Jackson had a great year. Deshaun Watson was a better quarterback. And it was, and it was one of those years where it was like, well, we don't have anyone. Let's just give it to the guy who with the crazy stats. Right. And his team was not nearly as successful as Deshaun Watson's. I'll agree with you. He should have won it in 2015. Uh, what Lamar Jackson did in 2016 was very special. He had 50 touchdowns. That's good. But yeah, 2015, if you wait until after the national championship game and the whole season and let it play out, I think Deshaun Watson probably does win that award. So I do. I agree with you there. Uh, I'm up again. This one kind of pains me, but I feel like we need to start representing some defensive players. I'm going to go with Indomitian. He was next on my list. (laughs) As a Texas fan. I have a love-hate. I watched him dominate the game more than any defensive player I've seen since Charles Woodson. So to see him do that, and we didn't really have a strong Heisman Trophy candidate that year, he, he should have won it. No one was impacting the game like Indomitian Sue, and he proved it the week before the Heisman. When they played Texas, he single-handedly ruined that offense. He should have won the Heisman, and he didn't, all because he plays defense. Now we're getting into this era where you have to play quarterback pretty much. We got to get away from it. We have to represent these guys who are balling out on defense and doing it because they're just as valuable as the guys on offense. Hashtag defense for Heisman. Yes, Connor, Connor. bring it back, buddy, because I'm with you. I'm going in Dominican Sue here on my list. Uh, I'm glad you went defense because I'm going to finish my list with defense, and I want to just tell you something that's fucking stupid, Mello. Okay, you ready for this? 2013, Jameis Winston won it. A.J. McCarron was second. Jordan Lynch was third. Andre Williams was fourth. And a short little quarterback at Texas A&M named Johnny Manziel was fifth. You know who did not make that list? Aaron Donald. Aaron freaking Donald. You know what Aaron Donald did? Look, I know that we know him now as the best defensive tackle to maybe ever play in the NFL, but just listen to this. In 13 games his senior year at Pitt, 
He had 28 and a half tackles for a loss and 11 Ridiculous. sacks. 28 and a half tackles for a loss. Why do we have to have our heads so far up our asses that we can't be like, oh my God, Aaron Donald or Indomitian Sue or Khalil Mack or whoever it might be? Why can we not just appreciate how great these players are? 28 and a half tackles for a loss? That's unheard of. Yeah. And again, it just goes back to like these guys are some of the best players on the field, too. We've had one. One defensive player win the Heisman. And if Charles Woodson isn't playing some receiver. He had not return kicks and punts, yeah. He's not winning the Heisman. But he did, so he got the ball in his hands. Heisman voters, got to get your head out of your ass. We got to be giving it to the most outstanding player, not the most outstanding offensive player every year. Side note, I raised my hand because I'm a class. <laughs> Von Miller should have won in 2009. And that is 100% because Mark Ingram beat Texas. But Von Miller had 17 <laughs> sacks that year and didn't win. You yeah, didn't even just, get a vote. Yeah. Uh, so let's end this thing. I'm going to go off the off the reservation here. Steve McNair, Alcorn State, Whoa. finished third in the Heisman voting from Alcorn State. So maybe it's sentimental because I've been listening to the podcast too. But Steve McNair, to do what he did at Alcorn State and then finish third in voting from a Division One AA school, if he is on a Division One team, he wins a Heisman. I'll guarantee oh, yeah. it. But he didn't really get a fair shot. And yeah, he's a D2 player. But if he is on a Division One team, he's winning that thing over guys like Kajana Carter and Rashawn Salam. My last pick, I'm going with Steve McNair. Love Steve McNair. I Again, yeah, I've been listening to the podcast too. It's called Remembering a Titan. Uh, Sports Illustrated is doing it. It's really, really well done. That 94 season in college football, I think it's one of those things where you realize, like, we've talked about all these different players that we thought should have won it from that era. You know, Tommy Frazier, uh, so many great, but that was Peyton Manning's freshman year. These guys were amazing uh, college players. But Steve McNair, he threw for over 5,000 yards his last year at Alcorn State. Back in a day when, like, this ain't Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Like, this isn't Hawaii. That was rare to have happen. 47 touchdowns. Uh, and over 5,000 yards. It's amazing. It's Steven Nair's, I, I mean, I, I talked to we had, talked to Vince Young about it before, about like this is one of the best college football players of all time that people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Like you just you just don't know. But, you, I mean, you really don't because he did go to a small school um, and there wasn't that, that hype around him as a prospect, especially when there were some really, really good quarterbacks in college at that time. But I absolutely love that giving Steve McNair some recognition. It is draft on draft time. Just pop that top of your Gatorade or whatever you're drinking in the morning, your coffee. Pop the top of your coffee, that $8 Starbucks that you're drinking. And (laughs) let's get to some questions. Uh, Thank you guys. Send them in all over the place. Twitter, Reddit, Instagram. No mail this week. Uh, I haven't had mail in a while, actually. I wonder. I keep the door locked during the day. I don't think the mailman can get in. I still don't think we're like 100% sure on like even where to check for mail. Mm-mm. And I know they're not like 100% sure on where to put it. No, it's yeah. <laughs> no. not a mailbox in this office building, but we did get a lot of good questions. Mason Woods asked Royal Rumble between SEC coaches, who wins it and who's the best NFL player Alabama has produced all time. So two-parter there, uh, SEC coaches. The first guy that comes to mind when you say SEC coaches is Nick Saban. And he ain't winning. But 
Nick Saban just doesn't fucking lose. He's <laughs> right. He's five six, but he doesn't lose. Like he can rally those guys up in a locker room. So I don't know if you can pick against Nick Saban, but if I am going to, uh, Will Muschamp looks like a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, Muschamp. I saw him headbutt a Texas player once. Right. Texas player had a helmet on. Muschamp didn't. Yeah, like he's just crazy. So if like it's an actual physical fight, I think I'm going to take Muschamp. Dan Mullen's a big dude at Florida. Uh, Kirby Smart at Georgia. I wouldn't fuck with him, but it's Will Muschamp. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would go no with Will Muschamp. Who would be last? Game. You know, our guy Joe Moorhead, we've had him on the show. I wouldn't mess with him either. I thought you were going to call him out no, and say no, he's no, going to no. be last. No, I would not. It's I would Barry Odom would be last. I don't know. Barry Odom would play like D-line. A, yeah. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. Ed, he still it wouldn't like be Ed Orgeron. It wouldn't be. Oh, Jimbo Fisher. I bet Jimbo. Yeah, yeah, it'd be Jimbo. I think Jimbo Fisher finishes last. There. I wouldn't mess with Derek Mason at Vanderbilt either. Oh, hell no. no I would, Andy, plus, I, you know he's smart. Stanford to Vanderbilt. Right. What about Matt Luke at Ole Miss? I think him and Jimbo are probably first to go over the top. Yeah. I, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. He just looks too nice. No, nah, like, he's gotten some trouble for being like mean, I think. Oh, he just looks like a guy that would be like cutting his grass next to you. I don't know. He spent a couple of years with Saban. So. Right. Chad yeah. Morris at Arkansas. He's just down the road from us. He's kind of, he's, he's 50. He's I still a, think that, like, Jimbo Fisher's sneaky old. Yeah, I think he, oh, well, so is, so is Nick Saban. But he's Nick Saban. Right. Jimbo's only 53. He looks a lot older. Those are 53 hard years. <laughs> yeah, they are. That That's what is, being at Florida State will do that to That man you. is like 18 years older than me. Oh, my God. <laughs> who is, like, if you did, expanded it to all college football, who gets, like, thrown over the top rope first? First, like who's uh, Snyder last? retired? Bill Snyder retired. He doesn't count. Poor old man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one to do off the top of your head because there's like 130 positions. Yeah. I don't know. I could. Probably Dabo. Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. He's, He's skinny. tall and lanky. He is. Yeah. He's easy to pick up. I think Dabo's too nice. I don't know. Dabo looks. He's, he's got, got, got some fire. Some, he's got some crazy. You love energy. Dabo. I do love Dabo. <laughs> I think we've had the question before. Like, who would you love to play for? I. Is this a draft on question? Let me get ahead of myself. I don't here. think it is this week. I don't know. But Dabo Sweeney is an incredible coach. I don't, I wouldn't pick him to lose anything either. Tom Herman, obviously a little bit crazy. Yeah. Uh, if we asked this question last week, I would say Urban Meyer fakes an injury and bows out early. <laughs> Tap out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> oh, I'm out. no, no. I'm never wrestling again. And then he's back in a no. year wrestling. And, and then Ryan and Day comes sprinting down. He's like, no, I got it. Wait a second, is that Ryan Day's music? (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. Best Alabama player of all time. I want you to go first because I'm really proud of mine. I don't think you'll think of it. Derek Thomas. God damn it. (laughs) There it is. The old number 10, Alabama. This I mean Derek Thomas. R.I.P. Derek Thomas. He was one of the original like edge rushers who just dominated. I'm pretty sure he holds the single game sack record. Had like nine. Wait, yeah, he's up there. God, I love Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas, definitely. Um, another guy I put on here because I thought maybe we would take a turn here. Chris Samuels played a lot of years. He did in the NFL. I think people were down on him because he was drafted so highly that they were like, oh, like, yeah. why wasn't he performing at a higher rate? But he played for a long time. I think Joe Namath might be second. I hate Joe Namath. I know you do, but he might be second. You know who's not? Trent fucking Richardson. <laughs> Definitely not. Is this a troll question on you? Be. Like, I didn't even realize that when I Probably. put it in. It's just sneaky trolling. Yeah. It's definitely not Marcel Darius. That's for damn sure. No. no. Um, yeah. 
So anyway, next question here, Scott Etheridge. <laughs> I like this one. If the A's trade Kyler Murray to the Royals and he becomes the face of the franchise, will you still be Royals fans? You bet your ass because he is a OU football player. If he goes to the Royals, he's bleeding blue just like me, and right. I will cheer my ass off for him in center field. I've said that before about Oklahoma football players. If they go to the Niners, yeah, we're cool. Tony Jefferson's one of my favorite players in the NFL. He went to Oklahoma. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm cool with that. And we won't get into like off-field stuff here, but Adrian Peterson was probably one of the... I was going to say scariest players that we've ever faced as Texas fans. Right. The the player that you definitely had to prepare for the most and like gave you anxiety. Like, huh? how do we stop this? And guy? as soon as he graduated, it's like, I know this guy's going to just tear up the so NFL happy that he left. for so many years. And he did. And he's yeah. still doing it. Ripped off a huge run for the Redskins. Uh, so I did kind of like him. Again, we'll leave off the off field stuff yeah. there. But Kyler Murray, yes, please, please trade him to the Royals. Need a good we need fielder. something. Yeah. yeah. Can he pitch? He's got a strong arm. He's I too mean, short to pitch. He could probably make the Royals staff. Yeah, no joke. Uh, I mean, I'm not near the baseball fan that Mello is. I wouldn't even pretend to be. Uh, I would root for Kyler Murray if he went to the Royals. Absolutely would. I, like, that's weird. I think that's a weird thing about, like, baseball. I couldn't even tell you where most of the guys played college baseball. Probably because they don't. But well, And it's not really, like, you get advertisement from, like, the whatever, the College Baseball World Series. Yeah. So it's not really on TV. And a great thing about baseball is that there's a very good chance that he does get traded. Yeah. Because all of these guys get traded. You almost never come up through the farm system and play on your team. So, yeah, please. I hope the A's go on a run and they need somebody that the Royals have left. I don't know what They're we like, would have. That they would nothing. Run. I don't know. Don't is Gil Merrifield still on roster? <laughs> yeah. So go ahead. Trade him on over to Kansas City. I will take the guy out for barbecue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should. That'd be fun. Be nice in this hypothetical future. <laughs> we'll take him to some Billy Sims up there. And <laughs> yeah, we'll Oklahoma. just have a grand old time. Oklahoma Joe's is now Kansas City Joe's, but we still take him. I guess. Sounds um, good to me. Sounds good. Jack Flanagan. I like this guy on Twitter. Uh, he's like He's been cool lately. He's been asking a couple questions like, as we've said before, you do that and you interact enough and you start to know who people yeah, are. Scott Etheridge is Same another way. guy. Like yeah. I'm starting to be familiar with his name. Maybe we'll meet you to tell you to not ask to ask, not ask to, not have to ask your Twitter handle. That's <laughs> what I was trying to say. That will probably still happen. You will walk up and I only know you from Twitter. Yeah. And your Twitter name is uh, <laughs> yeah. Jack Flanagan wants to know how many more times can Jim Harbaugh lose to Ohio State before Michigan gets rid of him? A lot. They're n- Jim Harbaugh is going to have to do some bad shit to get fired there. And I don't think losing yeah. to Ohio State isn't enough. I think they're okay going 9-2, and 10-2. I mean, you have to be happy with what they did. They got all the way up to number four in the national ranking, almost what? made the playoff. Like doing that shit with Brady Hoke. And I honestly, I think beating Ohio State did get a lot easier this week. Yes, it you did. You can hate Urban Meyer, and I know I've talked shit on him. He's probably the best, second best coach of our recent era. If it weren't for Nick Saban, there's no telling how many national championships Urban Meyer would have. Yeah. He already got two, one at Florida, and then beat Nick Saban again at Ohio State. He is an incredible coach. Yeah. So Jim Harbaugh was probably the happiest man on earth that Urban Meyer got fired. I, think, um, I don't want to go full conspiracy theory here. It is interesting that Ohio State is losing a lot this year. They're going to lose Dwayne Haskins. They're going to lose Mike oh, Weber. Yeah. They're going to lose 
three of the receivers. It was the same thing both in Florida. Corners. I mean, Draymond right, Jones when Nick he was Bosa. on the way out, all that all those players were already gone. They were veterans. They were getting ready for the NFL. So I mean, I don't want to, uh, you know, feed a fed horse, as the people from PETA would say. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff going on there with Urban Meyer. A feed a fed horse. You can't say beat a dead horse anymore. <laughs> feed a fed horse. He's just the writing's kind of on the wall, and then he bows out. We've seen it before. I know that when I was a in eighth grade, we had a really good basketball team, and that basketball team had some success. Maybe not that great. But it was a senior-loaded team. So after that year, it was like, oh, is the coach going to come back? Fuck, no, he didn't. He went and found a new job where there were some good players. <laughs> right. And then they didn't win a single game my eighth grade year. So the writing is just on the wall, and these coaches leave. I, For Urban Meyer, maybe you try to stay around, but he didn't. So we'll see what Ryan Day can do for him now. Chandler Featherston. Hey, man. Not sure which of us he's talking to. Love the show. Always makes my four-hour trips home from school and breaks way easier. My question is, with current NFL rosters, where would Tua play the best and be a leader? Uh, with I mean, that's hard to say because it's current rosters. Right. And you and Connor talked about it on the midweek show. The Giants desperately need a quarterback. Yeah, and they need a leader. And they need a leader and maybe not even a vocal one because I think they have some very vocal guys. They just need a guy that's going to come in there and work his ass off, and you have Odell Beckham in there to throw to. So I think that helps out. So the first team that jumps off to me is the Giants. Mine's the Jaguars. It would be just like home. Hand off to good running backs, let your defense play great football, and win games. Yeah, and another guy that's just probably going to be a silent leader and just gets in there. Yeah, Uh, those would be, I I would, and I I said Miami, the Dolphins on the midweek show, I still think that's a good fit for him. Depending yeah. on who the head coach is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making shit up. We don't know who the... All Alabama's assistants are getting hired, so it won't be any of them. <laughs> right. Now i got other jobs. Uh, so, old Lorenz Weber, I nailed it. <laughs> he says, I bet Matt can't say that name. Ha, huh, Lorenz. He's going to come match you on Twitter it's actually and be like, nope. <laughs> Lorenz. The Z is an <laughs> S sound, you <laughs> idiot. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on KJ Costello and should slash will he declares? So that's the Stanford quarterback. I don't think he should. I don't think he should. I haven't either. heard that he would either. Stanford guys don't leave early. No, and I think he's just more of a there there has to be some hype around you at quarterback position yep. before you can come out. And there hasn't been hype around him yet. So I think at most he could work himself into like second, third round this year. Yeah, he's a big dude. He, um if I remember right, I don't have like great notes on him because it's his first full year starting. If I remember right though, his throwing motion's weird. I think you might be right too. Like off the top of my head, and I'm I'm sorry, I know that like you guys ask questions and you want very detailed answers, but four guys that we don't expect to come out, I just don't watch enough of them that but I do remember just trying to watch uh, the receiver JJ Arcega Whiteside and watching Costello and being like, "Oh, that's a weird throwing motion, kind of funky, but he definitely has the size that you look for." I love that, you know, coming out of Stanford, you guys have heard us talk about Coach Shaw. We all love him. Um, that is a pro-style scheme that they're going to run. Um, I think Costello is actually, for being 6'5", is fairly mobile as well. So there are a lot of things to like there. I hope he goes back and, and has another successful year um, and can build on that. And we we'll see, maybe he'll get up there with, you know, guys like Tua and Fromm and Eason and probably Herbert next year. It could be a really good quarterback class. But, yeah, it's definitely sticking out to me that he had like a funky – you know, I'm demonstrating it like he drops the ball below, you know, he whips it down with his hand and then he kind of comes up with like a 90 degree like angle. Jay Cutler. Yeah. 
which I don't like. Um, but yeah, but he's been good. He's been and it, uh, unlike our dead friend thought, uh, Stanford does play some pretty good defenses out there in the Pac-12. <laughs> I don't think people are ever going to get used to the, the just joking about that. But we'll Probably not, but they better because it's not going to yeah, stop. Not changing. Next question here, MD Brew 85 Cool name. Which college football coaching job is the most attractive and which school is going to be the quickest turnaround? So a lot of our coaching vacancies yeah, are say they're, they're, they're getting filled up right now. The two that stand out to me is Georgia Tech and K-State. Those two schools, if I had to say which one's the quicker turnaround, I think it's going to be Georgia Tech. We just haven't seen a lot of success there. When Bill Snyder took his leave and he wasn't at K-State, they kind of fell off. Yeah. So I, just, I don't know that you're getting many people to come to Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, and I know some people have thought that one reason – Snyder retired now was because uh, the the talent there, there was going to be a pretty big drop-off after this year. So maybe that was one of the reasons. I like the Georgia Tech opening a lot. I, I do think, I mean, obviously you can recruit that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to change over um, to probably more of a pro-style offense. We've talked about before, bringing in guys like Ken Wisenhut to interview. Uh, so that's one of the more intriguing ones out there. And the, as of now, you know, there aren't those big jobs like the Maryland job got filled. I I thought that was a really intriguing one. Even when you talk about the Maryland job, one of the most attractive jobs on the market right now is probably not even a head coach job. It's the Alabama offensive coordinator job because Nick Saban guys, just like Bill Belichick guys, they go to be head coaches. There's constant turnover between their coordinators because these guys are going other places to be a head coach. Mike Loxley just got the job at Maryland. He's not their OC anymore. So being that Alabama OC, you know you're going to get to work with good talent, and you know you're probably going to get at least one national championship. Yeah, and I I think one job that everybody should be watching is Iowa State. If that opens up, if Matt Campbell goes Mm -hmm. to the NFL, who's going to slide in there? Um, App State, uh, they lose Scott Satterfield. Really happy for him going to Louisville. That's a pretty interesting job, I think, because that has been Mm -hmm. a good, a very good uh, program. So, of the like D1 schools that have an opening, I think those are, are pretty much it. Yeah, and I agree with you. Yeah. So next up on the old listicle, it means no Corys. He's back. It's another guy. It means no Corys. Some of these old traditional guys, they better start amping up the I know, questions. Right? Like yeah. getting replaced by it means no Corys. Mongalusa had a question on the Wednesday show, and it's like, oh, he's alive. Cool. Good Good to know. Been worried about I you mean, guys. Not to put you so on did, the spot, Anthony. but So did old Ruben Tomasoff. Right? So Ruben. I told him I'm only calling him that on the show <laughs> yeah. from now on. I love it. So it means no Corys for the rest of your days. Did you see that live uh, action Lion King oh, trailer, though? It looks so good. Oh, I mean, I just that. let's talk about PETA again. I don't know how they're going to do the scene. Spoiler alert. Where um, Mufasa dies. I don't know. How yeah. It's going to be absolutely heartbreaking. I think like, it'll when it was CGI. Well, yeah, but when it was a cartoon, it was. Devastating. I watched the Revenant last night. Oof. That bear scene. Oh my god! What the what they're able to do with technology is right? just ridiculous. I had to read it. I read an article after I watched the movie about how they did it. It's a dude in a like in in a suit, so they can like green screen basically. Mm-hmm. And he had to attack Leonardo DiCaprio. Like and the guy, like, did. and he was a big guy. He was like mm-hmm. six five, three hundred pounds. But it's like. Leo on like a pulley system and they're just ripping yeah, him all they had over him the place and they just use cables to pull him all over the place. Genius. It's genius. And they shot that movie on location. So they actually actually had to go to the tip of Argentina to shoot because they were trying to shoot in Canada and they got behind schedule. So they had to go to Argentina to shoot where it was still cold. Oh, shit. Different hemisphere. You're a right. science teacher. You North know. and South. 
And so they're shooting in Argentina, like just outside, and they uh, – I've read a lot about this movie. And so it's like five years old. So they said the only time that Leo like tapped out and told the director like stop was because the camera froze because they were shooting the blizzard scene in The Revenant, and the camera froze. And he was like, maybe we should take a break. That's an underrated movie. Also, he's a vegetarian. And he, uh, in the movie, eats uh-huh. the, bi- <laughs> the bison liver. And he, so there's this Native American actor, and he's all day they're doing these takes, and he's having to eat this actual like, bison food. This Native American dude is just like, yeah, I'll fucking eat it. And DiCaprio's like, why well too then? And so they <laughs> give him a real bison liver, and he takes a bite of it. It's fucking badass, man. I mean, that's commitment to your trade, right? That's there. method acting. Yeah. Now let's get to our question from It Means No That's Corey's. why people listen to this podcast. You never know what you're going to get. It's not we from my it, draft evaluation. Set it at the beginning. Let's get to it, though. This is draft question. We can all agree there are too many Josh Allens in football. Would you rather take quarterback Allens fully thrown football to the gut from 10 yards away or be clotheslined by linebacker Allen with 10 yards close of lined. momentum. Close lined. You would rather be close lined. Yes. Yep. I think you and Connor are absolutely crazy if you think you could take a hit from close any lined. football player. Close you lined. would rather be close lined. Yep. That is going to break your neck. I don't think it would. Like the football, what's it going to do to you? Rupture my like internal maybe organs. Break a rib, right? Or my spleen. Josh Allen, the linebacker, is going to rip your head off of your shoulder. Nope. He's six five. He, I don't. I could probably get under it. I think we just need to revisit this whole thing. Like, would you rather be hit by a hockey puck or a baseball on a Monday episode? Fully when we're padded. I would still. I would. I want the hot. No, wait. The one I don't want the most is the hockey puck. Yeah, you're I ridiculous. I don't want it. No, this is like Von Miller what? tackling you. Like number one, I don't want hit by like a baseball being thrown 103 miles an hour. The dude for the Cubs I, or whatever. Like that's the. I don't. I'll want agree that. with you. That's the worst. I got hit by a pitcher who was like maybe throwing 80, and I thought my kidney just exploded, hit me right in the back. I can't I even woke imagine. I one morning after a bender, and my kidney felt that way. So I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I literally pissed blood, and it was one of the most Ugh. terrifying things, and that was 80. So add like 25 miles an hour to it, getting hit by a baseball would suck. But here, Josh Allen, the linebacker, tackling you, it's so bad. Those pads do not do anything. Here's where I think it's different. You played quarterback. Yeah, so I've been right. hit pretty hard, and it was by no one near the talent of Josh Allen. I the hardest I ever got hit was in practice. Actually, the hardest hardest time I ever got hit, I was freshman. Oh, I went across God. the middle on a slant. No, I got absolutely destroyed a couple times by no, some one A Missouri football players. No, it could catch me, it hit me on the sideline. <laughs> Yeah, Good. just <laughs> nobody ran that far out right. of bounds. I was safe. Gotcha. So I'm saying, uh, yeah, I'll take Josh Allen's fully thrown football from 10 yards away. And I think that we need to do this. The thing last for guy who offered to do this died. Okay, but if we're going to do this, you are telling me we get Josh Allen and we get Josh Allen. And okay. one of us has to get a football thrown at them and the other one has to get clotheslined. You're getting the football thrown at you. Okay, let's. No. You are I, getting the. <laughs> No, you're, you're getting, your dog. I'm you're going to get clothesline. Yeah. I'll get the football. Do you throwing. get to try to catch it or does it just get to hit you? I don't care. You can try From to catch it. 10 years he, I watched the sports science thing. He was throwing like 50 miles an hour a uh-huh. football. Yep. Yeah. Watch your sports science. How fast does What's his 10 yard split? Like, we'll find out at the comment. Probably like 1 4. Yeah. So a little over one second and he's hitting you full force. 
250 pounds. Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right, well, let's write that down because we're going to do that one for charity. You can buy a ticket and watch <laughs> Matt get tackled by fucking Josh Allen. What we should do, because we've actually, like, I have my foundation now and you're raising money for school supplies. So people should Venmo a dollar to you if they think that they would rather take a football from Josh Allen. They should Venmo a dollar to me if they would rather be tackled. Oh, yeah. Mine's NFL Draft Scout. Yours is Mellow underscore seven. Yep. And money goes, mine goes to buy codes for kids. Yours goes to buy school supplies. So let's do it. There you go. And yeah, we'll I can't keep track. <laughs> I'm going to donate to myself on Venmo so that you will get tackled by Josh Allen. <laughs> I would love to be tackled by Josh Allen. <laughs> uh, second question from Corey. If Jalen Hurts were to declare for the 2019 draft, would he have any draft stock? No. And I actually think this is a really interesting question because Jalen Hurts is getting some attention now because he's playing for Alabama. And Tua is out for the next two weeks with that ankle injury. So I think they're preparing both guys. I think Jalen Hurts will declare for the draft. Really? I don't think he's going to transfer away from Alabama. He stayed this long. I really don't know that he he wants to sit another year. Right. I think that he's going to declare for the draft. I'm pretty sure not. he's already graduated. Go be a graduate transfer. But I don't think he wants to leave. I think he wants to be an Alabama player. Oh. So I don't think he will leave now. If he does leave, I think the Maryland position gets very interesting because as we talked about, the OC just went to Maryland as the head coach. Right. So if he doesn't go to Maryland, I think he declares for the draft. I don't think he should. I know like he played really well in one half of a game. And I'll agree with you. I don't think he should. I don't think yeah. he's a prospect either. No. I like, think let's not forget, a year ago, this guy couldn't hit like, like anything. Like, Blake Sims is another guy who had to change positions. Yep. He is a running back. I think Jalen Hurts might be more successful at running back. Yeah, he's 6'1", 220. But he I, I think throw. he I think he declares for the draft. Ugh. That's my hot take for the, well, for he, the day. He burned his red shirt, like you said. So mm-hmm. it's either graduate transfer, stay as a backup at Alabama, or go to the NFL draft. Right. I just stay a backup. You know, it's like, you know what? I love it here. Let's just chill. I don't, I don't think he would have any stock. I think he would go undrafted as a quarterback. Maybe, like you said, it'd be a position change, but man, I'm going to have to ask a lot of people about this now because now I'm like, my mind is blown about it. Yeah. Miles Files, the underscore Miles Files. How do you feel about sports specialization? The more sports, the better, or the sooner they specialize, the better. We are on the same page about this because of uh, our experiences coaching. I hate special specialization. I can't even say it. I hate it so much. It's It's so so wrong. And I I mean, just from like a scouting background, you can see guys who like running backs who also played basketball. You have better agility, better balance. Uh, Quarterbacks who played baseball. I think your accuracy is better. Your mechanics are always better. Like play as many sports as you can. You're always going to have your favorite. And there's always going to be the one that you're best at. But you can pick up so many other things from those other sports. Like, uh, I mean... I make no bones about the fact that I am not and was not a great athlete, but like doing karate from, you know, the time I was eight until whenever helped me in football. I was so flexible and I was agile and it was just, you know, I was probably a little, I had like lower body muscle that a lot of kids might just didn't have because of doing karate. Like you played every sport imaginable Mm -hmm. and it helped you. And I, I just think it's like, why not? Exactly. And you hear of so many guys. Uh, we talked about Allen Iverson earlier. He is like on record saying like football was my first love. Well, guess what, buddy? You're a damn good basketball player and a yeah. Hall of Famer. If he would have specialized, probably never would have heard of him. 
Right. Nate Robinson, yeah, great basketball player, loved football, even gave it a go. Couldn't do it. Couldn't cut it. Was it in the NBA? Maybe still is. I don't even know. For a very long time. Like, you shouldn't specialize. Because just because it's your favorite sport, it might not be your best sport. And like you said, your body learns how to use, like, different muscle yeah. groups and how to play. If you're a defensive lineman, you better get your ass on that wrestling Oh, my map. God, yeah. It's if so you're a, If valuable. you're a D-back, play soccer. Oh, my. Like, we didn't have soccer growing up. I, like yes, oh, it would have been amazing. The, the way that they use their feet, it's incredible. Right. And you're right, like you can't use your hands. Yeah, who cares if you're good at it? Like you can use it, so you're kind of specializing while yeah. playing a different yeah. sport. And we have so many friends, um, and it's different for us because, like, I, I at one point or another played every sport in high school. You did as well. But we have so many friends now who like didn't play football in high school, and they all regret it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, "Well, I was so focused on basketball, and I didn't want to get hurt." It's like, but. Like they realize now, like I might have really loved it, or I might have been even better at it than I was at, at these other sports. So I'm yeah. completely against specializing. I have, I mean, my son, my daughter did not play sports uh, past, you know, little league. If my son wants to play sports, m- the biggest thing that it will be, you know, hey, just try everything. Like you never mm-hmm. know what you're going to love doing. So I actually coach with a guy, and he had his son specialize. He was quite a bit taller than everybody else in like youth basketball. So he pulled him from baseball and basket and football, and he specialized in basketball. Now the kid is almost a freshman, and he's still five foot three. Ah. And he spent all these years specializing in basketball. Well, congratulations! They aren't handing out many basketball scholarships to guys who are five foot three. I don't care what you can do with the ball. And on that note, the the amount of people listening to this, and I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but like the reality is most people are not going to get a sports scholarship. Oh, yes, 100% agree with you. So why not just enjoy it? Yep. Because I, I think that's one problem with sports now is, and I'm so glad that my son was born second instead of my daughter because I'm older now and I have this perspective of it doesn't matter. He's mm-hmm. not going to play college sports. So just let him have fun. Let him learn sportsmanship and teamwork and you know discipline and get some exercise in every day. Like, that's what matters. Yep. Emmett ain't playing D1 football. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's not going to happen. Yeah, like, I have two daughters, too, and you always have that dream, like, when they're really young, when they're babies, like, yeah. oh, this is what they're going to be. My oldest daughter, Maya, is one of the most uncoordinated people I've ever seen in my life. I laugh watching her walk. The kid, can, yeah, she yeah. can barely walk. When she runs, she looks like the guy who's chasing down Shooter <laughs> McGavin. Like it's just all like she's so freakishly tall too. I can't sign her up for basketball though. That would just be so humiliating for her. She literally couldn't get up the basketball court without falling down. I love her to death, just not an athlete. No, uh, no. So yeah, just let him have fun. Don't worry about it. That was a rant on that. Second question from him: Should potential draft prospects look at players coming out of their position or focus more on their own development when deciding to declare or not? You better look at that class yes. around you, man. I mean, I, I've i told before, I part of my job sometimes is helping players decide if they should declare or not. There was a quarterback last year, and he was on the fence. Should I go? Should I not go? And I said, man, let me tell you about next year's quarterback class. It is not good. Mm-hmm. Wait. Just wait. Come out next year. Uh, it's, it's not going to be as good of a group. So even if you're not you know, one of the top three or four quarterbacks, you're still going to get drafted. You come out, if he had come out last year, I firmly believe he would have gone undrafted. So you have to be aware. And this is something that 
behind the scenes is being it's happening right now with Justin Herbert at Oregon yep. and Daniel Jones at Duke. Daniel Jones uh, has his credits. He could graduate. He could go to the Senior Bowl. Justin Herbert uh, does not. But they're both trying to decide what to do. And one thing that is probably pushing Herbert maybe to come out when otherwise he doesn't want to is that next year's quarterback class looks so good. Yeah, very deep already. So everyone says, like, he wants to go back to school. He wants to go back to Oregon. But and I think, if you know, if Fromm and Tua were coming out this year, it'd be a no-brainer for him. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back. No problem. I think part of the dilemma is that, yes, you need to look at your position group, especially at quarterback. You have to know what you're up against. Some of these guys, I mean, you want the guy that has the attitude of nobody's better than me. Yes. But if you flooding the market with position groups, you got to take into account what's your value there. Are you going to be a third-round pick? Or can I wait one year and go be a first-round pick because there's nobody else at my position? Right. So, yeah, they have to take a look at it. If they're not, they're doing themselves no favors at all. Yeah, especially if you're on the fence. Then then I think it's only smart to look and, and be aware of what's going on. Last question from Jargov22? Jargov? Jargov? Yeah, sure. J-R-Gov, 22. Jargov-22. I don't know how you say it. <laughs> Why is everyone saying the Browns need a coaching change? Greg Williams has come out saying he wants to be there, and they're playing well. Thoughts? I think Greg Williams is fucking crazy. Yes. I don't think he can be a head coach. The man dyes his hair. <laughs> and for, like that goatee thing right, that he has. But just for me, he's got yeah. the little brush. I love Greg Williams. Not as a head as coach. As a defensive coordinator. Exactly. I If I'm getting that Browns job... I would try to talk him into staying. I would want him as my right. defense. I know Bruce Arians came out and said it. Like, we'll keep him. Yes. Him and Freddie Kitchens. Just as a as a head coach, I think we've seen guys like him before. It, he reminds me of Rex Ryan. Like, it's just, it's not going to work out for him. I think he's doing a great job of rallying the troops as an interim guy. But he's he's just not going to get the job done as you a head never coach. never hire the interim guy. Yes. It never works in the NFL. Romeo Cornell. It doesn't. Yeah, it just does not work. That like Joe Philbin's not going to be the Packers head coach. It doesn't matter what happens the next four weeks. They're going to hire someone else. I I agree. I love Greg Williams as a DC. He's crazy and it works. He should not be the head coach. It's, it's almost like one hundred percent for sure they're going to pair Baker Mayfield with an offensive minded coach. Yeah. Even if it is like a Bruce Arians, whomever. It's going to be an offensive guy. And I love Greg Williams again. I hope he stays in Cleveland. I think he just fits there, and they've got a pretty talented defense. He's just not a head coach. No, he's not. Some guys just aren't. Sometimes you just got to be the the groomsman, never the groom. So I think that's how that goes. Anyway, that's our show. Thanks again to O'Shane Zimenez. Had a blast talking to him. Looking forward to some more good interviews uh, as we gear up and get into draft season. So for Mello, I'm Matt. We will be back Monday morning breaking down the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And maybe some other craziness. Who knows what's going to happen this weekend? Go Army. Beat Navy.